You're listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own 5 tents, 7 backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Saran Alfines, is, There is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. Welcome to the Gear 30 Podcast, where we talk about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Um, Today, we have a new guest, Gear 30 Manager, Sarah Austin. That is me. And then... That is uh, I? That is I. That is... I am her. (laughs) And then we, of course, have Brandon and Chase and myself, Greg. Um, So, we're, uh, we're here in the lounge at the gear 30 store in ogden utah at the base of the wasatch mountains and we're going to talk today about backpacking tents like literally at the base literally at the base like if like, you go across the street you have to start hiking, hiking up, up, up uphill that's a good point it's a good point yeah there is a cement paved trail but you know Oh, I know. Always prepared. He only goes uphill, even on the descent. (laughs) (laughs) That's Chase's way. That's how. So uh, anyway, so we're here in Ogden and we're talking about backpacking tents today because it is backpacking season and the snow in the upper. Oh, my gosh. Let's just start over. All right, so uh, the snow in the high mountains is melting, and you're ac- there's actually access to trailheads now. But, you know, there's still actually quite a bit of snow up there. This year was just a crazy year as far as how much snow we got. Um, just a few weeks ago, I was taking my family backpacking, and we wanted to go into the Wind Rivers or the Uinas or pretty much any mountain range within five-hour drive of Ogden. Called all the ranger stations, they were almost all still snowed in. I hear Anchorage is nice this time of year. <laughs> actually, like that's not within there. five miles. Actually, five hours. so you know the Mount Marathon race that they do up in Seward. Are you familiar yeah. with that? It's like the longest running trail running race in the world. It goes from Seward to the top of Mount Marathon, which how, is how like many miles. It's it's really short. It's like three miles round trip or something. But within that three miles, it gains, well, within like a mile and a half, it gains over 3,000 feet. Holy cow. So run, runs it. No. Run, well. They try. So the winner this year, his name was Max King. And he, I mean, most King of them, King. you get to the steep part and they're just hiking. But he's still like jogging sections of it. It's crazy. Holy cow. Um he won he almost he just missed setting the record um but anyway it's a crazy race and 
this year they were talking about how warm it had been up in Alaska this year and how all the snow had melted and they were having fires and it was smoky, um, which was hard on the runners and stuff like that. So it was kind of crazy. We have the opposite problem this year. It's not a problem in my book, but because we've needed it. Um, but we got a ton of snow this year and a lot of rain this spring. It's been a mild spring and a mild summer. Uh, I think highs right now in the Ogden area are like high 80s, low 90s. And normally this time of year, it's high 90s, low 100s. So yeah, And we'll hit high 90s later this week, but it's been glorious. <laughs> oh, it's been so nice. Yeah. So, But with that said, it's been hard to get into the high country because there's just tons of snow. Yeah. And so it's finally starting to melt, finally starting to get access to the higher, higher country. And so let's talk backpacking tents because it is that time of year. Best time of year. So um, let's say, let's throw out a hypothetical here. Uh, I am going backpacking for the first time, heading up into the Uintas or the Wind Rivers or the Tetons or wherever, Sawtooth. And uh, I need a good two-person backpacking tent. What should I look at? Spring bar. <laughs> Spring bar. <laughs> oh, he invited him. Yeah, but, well, if you have a pack, on, a pack llama, you're good. Yeah. <laughs> okay with that. Well, you did specify that. I, I, I'll go, I use the onion. Yeah. Two. Uh, onion two. So GT. Hilleberg. Yeah, Hilleberg. Uh-huh. And I can fit the entire Boy Scouts in my tent. <laughs> Not that I would want to, because that's weird. It's a little awkward. But the they there's room for the scout, the random scout who left his tent fly away. I could give him a place to sleep he for the could night. Sleep in the vestibule. In the vestibule. Right. That vestibule with on that dog. onion with the dog is primo. Yeah. 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 Farts up a storm. Oh boy. That dog. Yeah. So, so the onion chew that is. Hilleberg's three-season, two-person tunnel tent with the big vestibule. Big vestibule. And what's the weight on that? Well, I want to say it's four plus. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's just about five like pounds. right around five pounds. Yeah. yeah. With the vestibule. Right, right. So big enough to sleep too comfortably in the tent, plus you could fit two more in the vestibule if you really wanted to. And it is built with the strength of Thor, so that wind, <laughs> like wind... Like I'm not, I am never concerned about storms. Right. If you pitch it right, um, in which I pitched it on a canoe trip, uh, where two, uh, com- I don't know, they were, they were competing brands, I guess. Two tents went down. One broke a pole. The other one um, just broke, and 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 it was like we barely knew because if you guy those Hillebergs out right and you pitch them right, like you're gonna sleep sound. Yeah. Through whatever storm, for the most part. Yeah. The one thing I love about the Hillebergs, and the, the onion is this way as well, that the inner tent, the main tent, like canopy, and the rain fly are integrated together, and the poles go on the outside. So when you pitch it, it all goes up together. You don't have to pitch the inner tent and then put the rain fly over the top. So if you're pitching it in the rain or any bad weather, it's just quick and easy and everything inside stays dry, right? The genius of Bo Hilleberg, and that's why he invented this, was he was tired of putting the rainfly on after pitching a tent. And so he thought there's got to be a way to connect these two. And they are, they're, yeah, they're connected. And then you can, if it's raining in the morning and you got to move locations, you can undo the inner part of the tent and put that in your dry bag or in your backpack and then keep the exterior wet 
and then when you show up to your your next location your inner tent is dry it's fantastic well one of the things that's great too is i went on a trip to iceland and ireland a couple of years ago and we took my hilleberg and it pretty much rained from the moment we got off the plane to the moment we got on the plane and all of our stuff was dry there wasn't even a question and it was i mean weather's super i guess which hilleberg i have the nalo the nalo 3 gt so i could It'll step up step up so it's more the scouts. lightweight four season version of the iron yeah so that's about seven pounds with the the gt but that thing is amazing i mean we, i've been in 60 plus mile per hour winds and my tent was the only one that didn't go down it's an it's an amazing tent that company they just know what to do so there's the because they're going to hear the four pounds and seven pounds and think well i'm not backpacking with that but there's a level yeah. of comfort of having a tent yeah. with you that is bit, it, basically impervious to storms yeah well i think also depends on where you're going right like if you're going to be going up into maybe more alpine environments where you're going to have more storms and more kind of temperamental weather you might invest in something that's going to withstand that if not you might go a little more ultralight where you can you know kind of shed some pounds go to three pounds two pounds so one one thing to consider so i've got the nalo as well mine mm-hmm. is the 4gt and that's what i take on our family trips because we can fit the whole family and the dog and all of our gear and everything in it um but with these tents because they're a double wall tent the flies go to the ground and stuff they're warm like mm-hmm. they add 10 or 15 degrees to the outside temperature and so one thing to consider you might be adding a pound or two or three to the tent but you can lighten up your other stuff because you'll sleep warmer. You don't need a 20 degree sleeping bag. Mm. If you're sleeping in a Hilleberg, you can get away with a 45 degree, save yourself a pound that way. You can, in some cases, I mean, you can just, you can go lighter weight in other areas to, to kind of make up for some of the added weight and comfort of the Hilleberg. Mm-hmm. Something else to consider is doors, uh, which this was just, I mean, I've thought about it in the past, but it wasn't until Brian, our through hiker, uh, uh, really talked about how important it was for him to have a side entrance so that he could lay on the side and cook in his in a vestibule rather than lay on your stomach. And what's it called when the door's at the front? What kind of entrance the is that? Front. <laughs> yeah. There's like a what is that called? Industry name for it. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Uh, I so, think it's called the front entry. Well, that's what we're calling it. But it's anyway. Uh, it. I'm like, yeah, that's the thing. And if you are camping with, if you're sharing the tent with a partner, do you each want your own doors, like right. access points? In, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I kind of, I kind of really want because the one that I have is the front entrance, and I kind of want one with the side doors. Uh, which Hilleberg makes a uh, one, one or two, I think. But they're they make the Rogan and the Alec and the Stika. The Stika is top of the line, yeah. um, and the other two aren't cheap either. But uh, or or step down, step down, meaning in, in price and weight to something like a uh, a Big Agnes or a Nemo MS, MSR or Nemo, or Nemo. Yeah. So I'm just going to suggest that this this podcast is turning into all about Hilleberg, which is great because I love it and they're my favorite brand. Um, in future podcasts, maybe in the next one, we'll also talk about some other brands, some other lightweight brands. But let's keep going with the Silverberg stuff because I like them. They're, they're my favorite. <laughs> um, but yeah, you're right. The side entry, having a vestibule to cook in, that's really, really key, especially in bad weather. Now, here in Utah, because during the summer, we almost always have sunny, nice weather. 
um, until you get up into the high mountains. But you almost always have sunny weather. You can get away with, you don't necessarily need the Hilleberg um, design that the uh, exterior poles and all that stuff to keep your stuff dry. In fact, I've gone for years like there was a, a period of about three years where every single backpacking trip I did in Utah was just sunny and beautiful weather. Almost to the point where I was thinking like, do I really need a rain jacket? Do I really need, need a, tent. a tent? All these types of things. I wish I was that lucky. And I know. I was like, I feel like every time I go out, I get dumped on. So, and that was the crazy thing is we just had such good weather for so long that I kind of started getting lax about what, what I would take. And then we went to the Wind Rivers one year, and it rained like every single day we were there all day long. We hiked into the Cirque of the Towers in the rain. In the Cirque of the Towers, we set up camp in the rain, all of this stuff. And suddenly, it all made sense. Like, And I knew, I knew why Hilleberg designed their tents the way they did, and we had a Hilleberg with us, thank goodness. Um, but it all made sense in that moment. Everybody was sopping wet. Everything was wet. We set up that tent inside. It was completely dry. We had that huge vestibule that we could put all of our wet gear and start drying it out. Thank goodness, because some of the other people in our group didn't have Hillebergs. So what, how do you pitch a, a tent in the rain without the rain fly attached and keep the inside of your tent dry? You don't. You don't. That's the so thing. So you're just like, wet. Like there's no, like there's not a hack I know, necessarily. I think I don't like know. some people will take like pack towels and set up the tent and then put the rain fly on and wipe it down or things like that and trying to. But if it's raining, it that that's way. like you're already dreading. Like oh my gosh. Well, there's there's no space in the vestibules even to, like sit and take care of that stuff. Like it, there's just not the space in the same way. So some tents, if you have a footprint with them, you can set up the tent with the footprint, the poles, and the fly. And then you can take the kind of the inside canopy, the mesh part of the tent on the inside of that and try to connect it. It's a major pain, but you can do that if you absolutely need to. Um, but yeah, it's very difficult to keep your stuff dry with your traditional backpacking tents. So in places like Sweden, Norway, Iceland, Ireland, Scotland, any of those places where you're getting a ton of rain, the Northwest or whatever, the needs of your tent are going to change a little bit versus the desert, the southwest, whatever, where you're just really not getting a lot of water. You can probably get away with the traditional backpacking tent, but if you're in an area where it's really damp, a lot of rain and stuff like that, you're going to wish on day one, the first day that you try to set up tent, um, set up camp in the rain, you're going to wish you had a Hilleberg. Which is crazy because they're... They're or an investment, sing, or a single wall tent. Yeah, or a single wall. They're an investment, and um, and 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 we sell a lot, but it's like we should be selling a lot more if if people knew how good they were. Yeah. Well, I think yeah. that's that's just it. I mean, I have a friend who has been so used to. I mean, he backpacks like a month or more out of the year, and I was telling him about the Hillebergs, and he's like, "There's no way I would get a tent like that, right? Like, it's just." too heavy, too expensive, I don't understand it. And it's interesting because like you said, the first time you go out and you're in those rainstorms and you're like, I understand. Like the first time you go out with the Hilleberg, there's no turning back. It's hard to to compromise something else when you know how amazing this tent is. Like you have that assurance and that comfort and that knowledge that you're gonna be okay and that your stuff's gonna be fine and you're not gonna be sleep sleeping frozen 
in your bag. And for those lightweight, for when you hear those weights and you're like really concerned, they Hilleberg's coming out with a, a lightweight tent f- next year. So not available on the market yet. Uh, I'm assuming spring 2020, Chase? Spring 2020, they have a new track that comes in around three pounds. Three pounds for two person? Two person, yep. Mm-hmm. Which the ultra riders is like pretty heavy. About a pound heavy. Yeah. yeah. Um, That's really not bad for a two wall. Double, so it's double wall. It's double wall. It's a typical Hilleberg build. Um, safe from the elements. Spacious, two big vestibules. And there's a lot of different ways you can configure the tent. So if you're going to be in the desert, you can roll up the one the walls really easily to make it all mesh. There's a lot of ways you can configure the tent. How many different configurations did they have on display at OR this year? They had three on display at OR. Which is pretty cool. Just that one tent, three, three, a minimum three configurations. Oh, That's like awesome. So many different configurations you can do it in. That was described in the series. Hmm. So it's really cool. Um, a really versatile tent. And they, I think with the build that it is, with how Pilgrim built it, it's a check and pull tent that really deserves to be and used in every different scenario. Um, it could be your desert backpack tent, it could be your high alpine tent. So it'll take place well. Probably not your winter. Tent. Your four season. Probably not, but people probably want to do a little more on the four season side. Yeah. Just It's probably honestly more burning than some four season tents out there. Yeah. Does the rain fly on that tent go all the way to the ground, or is it is it like their three season? I'm pretty sure it's just a three season. I don't think it does well. Okay. Price? Do you remember what they're selling? Going to retail that for? He's gonna. <laughs> okay, Come on, we, Chase. We've got... I have this cheat sheet that I brought back from OR with all these de- details on it, and I can't find it. So you used it as like fire starter somewhere. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of awesome about that. Speaking of durability, is their fabric. It's like a lot of people like they have. Whenever you get, they have these awesome books um, that we give away at the store, and it has these little samples of like the the fabric. And we did this whole ripstop thing at this event the other day. I mean, it's so easy to rip general ripstop, but this the curl on the fabric. But that doesn't that they sound use. like that's a good thing because ripstop should not be easy to rip. Yeah. Well, ripstop is just designed to tear in like right angles, so it doesn't give you like a crazy tear. That it's easier to repair it. Yeah. Got more it. than stop the repair. You can tear in one direction and it'll just keep going. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. Pretty makes much. it easier but, to repair. Yeah. Okay. They definitely. Maybe it it helps a little bit with the tear resistance, but not not significantly. But the the curl on is curl near on impossible. Is the, yeah. To, like you have to like finagle that for a long time. And we gave some of these people like two or three minutes to really try and rip this stuff and couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. Yeah, I've actually only seen one person uh two people i should say um rip that curl on stuff mm-hmm. the one dude was massive and he really <laughs> struggled yeah like he really the other person was me <laughs> also massive also yeah huge <laughs> if you if you, you can't uh, even put your arms down <laughs> to your side right no uh, i actually tore it one time because uh, I don't even remember exactly how, because I had tried tearing their stuff many times before and not been able to. And then one time I was just showing a customer, I was like, see, you can't even tear it, try it. And I, I gave it to them 
to tear, they couldn't do it. And then I grabbed it and I was just like, see, I've, I've done this for years and I have never been able to tear it. And then I tore it a little bit. It's because they warmed it up. Well, it, yeah. it was actually a new piece. But, oh. but anyway, I think I just like, I just went to tear it suddenly really fast or whatever. And it, I got it to tear a little bit. But then after I tore it a little bit, I couldn't get it to tear more. I think I want it, the it kind of like stretches more. You want the Acto? Yeah, the Acto is awesome. The Four Season Solo Tent. It has a side entry with a nice little vestibule. Uh, their retail is five seventy five, but it's three pounds, twelve ounces, so just under four pounds. And um, it's a spacious one man though, because it has that yeah. awesome archway. Yeah. Yeah, it's a sweet tent. In fact, that's their best-selling tent, or at least it was a few years ago. Um, it was their number one selling tent. I think, I think it's um, particularly popular among like bike packers and other mm-hmm. things. That would make sense. Um, yeah. So it's it's an awesome tent. In fact, we've I got it set up in our store right now. I'm looking at yeah. it. I think I actually saw <laughs> that tent. I was looking at bikepackers.com or something like that, and I think I saw an acto being used. Yeah. Because it is lightweight and good in all conditions. Yeah. Um, so when I went backpacking, was it last summer? Two summers ago, I forget. Uh, last summer, I think, we took our kids up to Kings Peak. Mm-hmm. And um, I decided for the first time not to take the Hilleberg, the Nalo 4GT. We took two tents. My wife wanted to sleep in a separate tent because the year before we were having marriage problems. Se- yes, that's se- I don't, separate I don't tent. Why. Yep. <laughs> Just put those kids in another tent. <laughs> How old are your kids anyway? Six and three. Okay. Now, so this they, was last year, five yeah. and two. Um, now, I slept in one tent with one of our children, and she slept in the other tent with the other child. So it wasn't like we were on our own. Mm. I wish. Just um, put your five and two year old. Just, you'll be okay. Five, <laughs> five and two is a little small. She wanted to sleep in her separate. You had all the kids. So what happened, you guys are funny. So what happened is the year before, our dog threw up in the tent all over our sleeping bags and everything. And so my wife was like, I'm not sleeping in the same tent as the dog. You get the dog. You get one of our children. I'm sleeping in a separate tent. So we both, so we took two ultralight tents two-person tents and um we saved a little bit of weight actually by taking two tents instead of the one hilleberg and we saved a couple of pounds but it rained on that trip and we had to set up camp in the rain and so what'd you have so we had a um do you remember the easton kilo yep from Mm -hmm. like years and years ago they don't make it anymore but um, I think Easton was on the right track, man. That was cool. That was a cool tent. They were doing some good stuff. Yeah. yeah. And then, then it then no more. Stopped. I still, I still prefer their snowshoes. Their snowshoes were with me, amazing. But I still prefer their snowshoes over everything else on the market. Yeah. And they're what five five years old now, I think. Yeah. So my wife has a pair of Easton snowshoes, and they're they have the best. Um, the best little foot ratchet yeah. system, whatever it's they still. Yeah, still they. Still, yeah. They're one of the most comfortable. They kind of remind me of Atlas. They were like an Atlas snowshoe that had been upgraded a little bit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love their snowshoes, and um, but their tents were great too. They had carbon fiber poles, super lightweight. So the Easton Kilo Three is the is one of them that we had. So it was a three person tent. That's the one that me and my son and the dog slept in, and it weighed like two and a half pounds or something. The other tent was a slingfin tent. Um, hmm. And if 
um, you, you guys are familiar with Slingfin here at the store because we've carried them, but um, Slingfin is this small company out of California. The guy who started Slingfin had been a designer for the North Face, for Sierra Designs, for Mountain Hardware, and all of the iconic mountaineering tents that those companies made over the years. He designed them pretty much. And so, um, anyway, he started Slingfin after he left Mountain Hardware. He started Slingfin, and they make some bomber, bomber expedition tents, but they also make some lightweight backpacking tents. And one of their tents, their ultralight tents, I have, and um, so that was one that we took as well. Great tent, well made. With that said, both of those, you set up the main part of the tent, the canopy, uh, or the inner tent, I guess, and then you put the rain fly over the top. We were setting up camp in the rain. Yeah. Our stuff got wet. We tried to keep it dry. It wasn't even raining that hard. We tried to keep it dry, and we our stuff just got wet. So it was a pain. And the moment we started setting up tent, my wife said, oh, I wish we brought the Hilleberg. <laughs> so, um, but then we got it set up. We got all of our stuff dried out, and they, the tents worked fine. They were they were good. We didn't have much wind that night. They they were solid and comfortable to sleep in and stuff. But the Hilleberg is just more comfortable. More room for storage, drier, nicer inside, all of that stuff. So, and if it sounds like this is a, a pitch for you to go buy Hilleberg, it is. Like, I think we'll all stand behind <laughs> that. Yeah, absolutely. Very much so. Now, I would say that Hilleberg isn't for every condition. Uh, well, it is, but but I wouldn't <laughs> not only for every purpose own for each hiker because, like, right. Bryden, who's through hiking the CDT, he's not taking a Hilleberg. Right now. Um, there are parts of the trail where he probably would wish he had them. <laughs> yes. He had one. Yeah, it's been raining the whole time. Has it really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, yeah, I bet, like, he's got some great tents that he's taking, but for the nastiest conditions, you just stay drier, more comfortable in a Hilleberg. Um, but there are other tents, old, lighter weight tents and stuff like that, that I, you know, I have, I have some Hilleberg tents in my, in my home. And I have multiple other brands of tents as well. And I use them all for different reasons at different times and different conditions. So um, we've got to wrap up this episode here pretty pretty quick. Well, I think but since because this was uh, heavy Hilleberg, we should do an episode where we talk about the, the lightweight backpacking yeah. tents. Yeah, definitely. yeah, so maybe this next episode we can talk about some of the other lightweight options that are good alternatives, quality alternatives to Hilleberg. And... Um, so yeah, that'll be on the next episode. Sweet. Cool. Well, um, thanks for joining us on this episode. And uh, if you want to follow Gear 30, uh, we're on Instagram at gear underscore three zero. You can also visit our blog and website at gear30.com. That's spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. And it was mentioned that um, Bryden Boley, one of our employees, is out doing the CDT, the Continental Divide Trail. And he just started, and he's doing weekly, pretty close to weekly dispatches, um, updates on how his stuff is going. He's going to also be doing gear reviews, letting us know what what gear he likes, what stuff is working well, what isn't, those types of things. So you can follow that on our blog. So make sure to go to our website and check that out. Um, We're also going to have the opportunity in you know, future weeks and months to be able to interview him along the way a little bit and, and get to follow him along on that journey. So I'm super excited. Bryden's one of my favorite people, just about as happy and, and nice as they come, but also um, 
energetic and you know was it is it true that the first time he went backpacking was when he started the Pacific yes, Crest Trail? Yes, he had never been backpacking before, and then he started the PCT. Yeah, that's I'm crazy. I'm just gonna go ahead and through hike thousands, hundreds, thousands, <laughs> of, miles, thousands, thousands of miles, thousands of miles, a couple yeah. thousand miles, just a couple hundred. You know, it's a quick one. <laughs> and he did it. He completed the whole PCT, and now a couple years later, it's an excellent weight loss plan. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, you know, you know this year I've lost about 15 pounds through biking and and running and stuff like that and i was just thinking about that when he took off in the cdt i thought you know i should have just gone on a through hike it would have been so much faster to lose that weight um but anyway so check out gear30.com to follow along in his progress and also um watch for his dispatches and stuff and interviews with him on future episodes so thanks for joining us today and we'll see you on the next episode Thanks for joining us today for the Gear 30 podcast. Gear 30 is a specialty outdoor retail store at the foot of the Wasatch Mountains in Ogden, Utah. Like us on Facebook, follow and interact with us on Instagram at gear underscore three zero and visit our website gear30.com for amazing deals on the best outdoor gear around. That's gear 30 spelled out. G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y dot com. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a review, comment, ask questions, and participate.